You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I'm Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. It'd help if I turn you up. Oh, yes, this is Tree Song. And we've actually got another political humor song if you wanted to jump into that. It's a song? Well, political humor, not song, a sound file. Yeah, this is, this is uh, Bush's um, State of the Union speech. Yes. You ready? I'm ready, ready, ready. Mr. Speaker, members of Congress, and fellow citizens, every year, by law and by custom, we meet here to threaten the world. The American flag stands for corporate scandals, recession, stock market declines, blackmail, burning with hot irons, mutilation with electric drills, cutting out tongues, terror, mass murder, and rape. Our first goal is to show utter contempt for the environment. I have sent you a I have sent you a comprehensive energy plan to devastate communities, kill wildlife, and burn away millions of acres of treasured forests. In all these efforts, however, America's purpose is more than to follow a process. It is to achieve a result. The end of the civilized world. Again, you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Well, we have a very happening day because people sent us a bunch of happening things. Yes, so many happenings. We could spend hours on them. This is from a press release from actually the Illinois, Southern Illinois Power Cooperative. Information on the viability of wind energy across Southern Illinois is quietly being gathered every second as part of a collaboration between a power co-op, a state university, and a Chicago-based foundation. So, the... Southern Illinois Electric Co-op is working with uh, Western Illinois University's Illinois Institute for Rural Affairs, and the, this is funded through the Illinois Clean Energy Community Foundation. So they're seeing if we got wind down here. Ah, well, well, we got wind. question is how much. <laughs> that's true. Yes. So that's something that's happening. Yes, that's happening. That's exciting. <coughs> So now, yes, let's actually, since we want to try to go chronologically, do you oh, want yeah. to start with the uh, the film festival? Because that's this weekend. There is a huge, huge film festival starting. Huge. Well, it's actually in progress as we speak. Yes. It started at 9 a.m. today. Ginormous. Yeah, it's the Big Muddy Film, film festival. festival. I almost said Independent Film Festival. Yes. Not it's well. pretty much independent, is it not? Pretty much. It's pretty cool. Um, today, starting at 9 a.m. in the communications building, room 1,101-6, John Michaels Memorial Film Award Showcase. And I always miss out on that, but they always have the best ones. 
Yes. So, um, if you want a complete schedule, you can go to, uh, is it just bigmuddyfilm.org? Um, let's see if it says here. Um, you can also go to the Nightlife, but they do have a, a website. Uh, I think it is bigmuddyfilm.org. Yeah. Otherwise, carbondellrocks.com or pick up the Nightlife. It has very detailed, because there's something like 50 films over the course of the next, is it seven or ten days? Yes. <laughs> and um, Running straight through next Sunday. And I noticed in there, Propaganda. Remember oh, that is that one? in there? Yeah, I've seen that one, actually. We well, saw a sh- uh, clip a of it. trailer, yeah, a little clip, a few minutes. And <laughs> I really, really want to go see that. Yes. It's about a guy who goes and he makes spoof billboards of major ads. <laughs> My favorite was Marlboro. It was like the logo of Marlboro. Instead of saying Marlboro, it said breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my favorite. It was just straight to the point. It was very straight to the point. And it was a double take. You were like walking along and it's just like, what? Yeah, well, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. I liked the uh, the Joe Chemo series too, if you've seen that. I have. Joe Camel, Joe Chemo. Huh. <laughs> very poignant for me personally, but that's a whole nother story. So let's see. Chronicologically? Yes, chronicologically. <laughs> I have something for Monday, but that's it. Oh, we also have, let's see, something for this weekend. Other than the Big Muddy Film Festival, there's a benefit for the Southern Illinois Irish Festival. Wow, very very festive, Southern Illinois. The Southern Illinois Irish Festival will hold a fundraiser, Taste of the Green, on Sunday, this Sunday, February 26th, at 5.30 p.m. at the Chicago Underground. The $35 admission, 15 of which constitutes a tax-deductible contribution to the festival, Includes a selection of single malt, scotch whiskey, and Scottish-inspired cuisine. Local Celtic band The Dorians will provide live entertainment, along with Alana Floyd Kennett and Joyce Hesketh. For reservations, you can call 618-549-7178. And the festival itself takes place on April 28th at 29th at Turley Park and Muggsy's Entertainment Center. So that's always exciting for me. <laughs> the Irish Festival... Aren't you supposed to say it Irish? It's Irish. The Shawnee Audubon Society, well, the local chapter of the Illinois Audubon Society, presents endangered plants and unique habitats of Illinois. Huh? We missed something chronologically? Yes, we missed something chronologically, but let's continue with the Audubon. (laughs) This is a... um, I lost my place. Okay, that's this Monday, February 27th. At 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall. This is across from the Bank of Carbondale. We end up advertising them a lot, Township Hall. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff at the Township Hall. Dr. John Taff of the Illinois Natural History Survey will provide a colorful and fascinating look at some of the state's most rare plants and the unusual habitats that support them. The event is free and open to the public. Come early for snacks and beverages at 6.30. Again, that is at the Carbondale Township Hall, Monday the 7th, no, Monday the 27th at 7 p.m. <laughs> That's at 217 North, ah, 217 East. East, <laughs> yes. It's facing north. <laughs> yes, it's an east-west, yes. Sounds like a good event. And now, traveling back in time, back to the future. Today. To tonight. <laughs> yes. 
we have the Big Muddy IMC presents Waking Life, part of their Free Film Friday series, showing tonight at 7 p.m. the Big Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington. So what is Waking Life? Dreams. What are they? An escape from reality or reality itself? Waking Life follows the dreams of one man in his attempt to find and discern the absolute difference between Waking Life and the dream world. Now this is a really cool movie. I've seen it before, but if I get the chance, I'll see it again. And it's it's tonight at 7 at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And it's funny because I just, I had several, you know, big dreams last night. And it must have been in preparation for Waking Life. I've seen that movie. Actually, the first time I saw it, the sound didn't work. And so I got to see the whole thing without sound. <laughs> I started watching it and the sound didn't work. And I was watching it on my computer, and the sound speakers went out, or something. They were just being funky. Yeah. And so I watched the whole thing without sound. Huh. That must have made it even more trippy. And it was just like the best. And so I watched it again with sound. And then the third time I watched it with the director's commentary. Huh. Yeah. So, and I will probably watch it again. But. No matter what, do not watch this on drugs. <laughs> yes, it's, it's already mind-blowing enough without any yes. of that. <laughs> no drugs, not even caffeine, because your brain will twitch. Yes. <laughs> so that's tonight, 7 p.m., Big Muddy IMC. And we'll be right back. We think about the United States economy. You know, it's propped up by weapon sales. The country on the earth today that has developed, sold, stored, and used more weapons of mass destruction than any other country is the United States. And yet the United States is focusing on one country, Iraq, which according to United Nations inspectors has been quantitatively disarmed of weapons, which relative to the rest of the region has almost no means of defense as a nation. And the United States is saying to this country, we will force you to coexist with other nations and have no weapons whatsoever. And meanwhile, we will sell enormous quantities of weapons to your neighboring states. In fact, Iraq is a threat to the United States in the sense that Iraq threatens the U.S. ability to control Iraq's most precious resources, especially the oil. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about... Oh, caring, sharing, and preparing. Preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Yes, and to prepare you for these changes, we have two more quick happenings, which we'll actually talk about more next week, because they're coming up next week, but here they are. First, Rosetta Stone Bookstore will host an opening reception in their art gallery for Red Carla's Esoteric Art, Screaming Out Against Sexual Abuse. This is an exhibit of new work by artist C. Edward Wyatt III, local Carbondale artist. It's next Friday, a week from today, from 6 to 8 p.m. at Rosetta. Then also happening next weekend is the V-Day, Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. As part of the 2006 V-Day college campaign, students of Southern Illinois University at Carbondale will present a benefit production of the Vagina Monologues. If you haven't seen this before, this is a really intense and powerful event that's definitely worth seeing. Even if you have seen it before, it's good to see more. They, they come up with new stuff. 
and it's a benefit. It's on March 3rd at 7.30, March 4th at 7.30, and March 5th at 2 p.m. And this is at the Fur Auditorium, and benefits go to the Women's Center in Carbondale. So we'll have more on those next week. Son, you're a young man now. I just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about, well, about men and women. I know all about that stuff. Well, you might know a little biology, but do you know how to treat a woman? I guess I could use a little direction. So how do I treat a woman, Dad? You know, I'm not going to tell you. You have to figure that out by yourself. How? Well, first I suggest you watch a lot of bad TV and violent movies. I'm doing that already. What else? Well, let's see. Oh, yeah. When you're at school, be sure to take careful note of what irresponsible older boys say. I sure will. Sometimes the only message boys get is the wrong one. Many young men need advice and direction on how to behave towards women. You can help provide it. By teaching boys early that violence against women is wrong, you can help prevent domestic violence. For tips on what to say, visit www.endabuse.org. End Abuse. Teach early. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and the Family Violence Prevention Fund. I played that because next month is Women's History Month, and to start off Women's History Month is the Vagina Monologues. Yes. We will try to play something next week from the Vagina Monologues. Otherwise, let's actually get to some news. Yes. We've been just news. talking about happenings. Yes, well, Southern Illinois is such a happening town that, you know, we could talk about it all day. But it's also good to pause a moment and get some, <laughs> get some gloom and doom with at least a mild sense of humor in terms of national and international eco-social news. Way to talk me through that. I was just, oh, yeah. I forgot to take the news out of my pocket. Oh, I, I could just babble endlessly, so I am very good at covering little, little gaps there. First of all, I wanted to do an echo tip. I try to do a little thing every once in a while, and my echo tip this week is unplug your cell phone. <laughs> Not actually turn it off, but unplug your cell phone charger. Because if you have a cell phone, you have may, may have noticed that your charger stays warm even when you're not charging your phone with it. That's because it's still draining electricity. Huh. Wow. Actually, anything you plug into the wall uses electricity 24 hours a day. So if you're not using it, ideally unplug it. Well, I'm going to go home and do that right after this. Recent estimates by a group called Future Forests showed that only 5% of the power used by most cell phone chargers is actually used, well, to charge the phone. <laughs> the other 95% is wasted when you leave it plugged into the wall. So please, be sure to unplug your charger when you are not using it. Otherwise, you're wasting money and you're adding to the pollution created in generating the electricity that is being wasted. Yes. So your tip of the week, unplug your cell phone charger. That's a really good one. And here I thought that an eco-tip was just going to be a recycled Q-tip of some sort. <laughs> You're smart. Ah, uh, yes. Let's see. All right. In other news, let's see. We have this one. Reduce, reuse, recycle, remunerate. Eco-entrepreneurs pay people to recycle. What's the best way to get people to recycle? The same way you get them to do anything. Pay them for it. Patrick Fitzgerald and Ron Gonin founded Recycle Bank in 2004 on the notion that economic incentives would motivate recycling more effectively than green principles. Their system rewards households with up to $400 a year in credits to national chain stores 
based on the weight of their recyclables that they generate. Tracked one sanitation crews scan smart waste tags in specially supplied recycling bins. In a six-month Philadelphia pilot project involving 2,500 households, recycling rates jumped from 35 to 90 percent in well-off Chestnut Hill and from 7 to 90 percent in more moderate West Oak Lane. Wow, that's a big jump from 7% to 90%. And they're not paying them very much. Yeah, not paying much. It's like the supermarkets around here that you put a quarter to bring the shopping cart back. Yeah. It's a quarter. But people always bring them back. They do. <laughs> and it's straight to the source, the New York Times, 21st of February, 2006. Okay, this is a letter from an ethanolic. <laughs> ethanolic. Someone who uses ethanol fuel. Um, I didn't write this, but I thought this was interesting. Four days ago, I bought a 2000 Ford Ranger with a flex fuel option. I am now driving under the influence of alcohol. E85, that is. Uh Everywhere I go, I have drastically reduced my personal dependence on foreign oil. It will do me good to know that I am not sending money to bad people. It will do me good to know I am not sending money to Mideast tyrants and terrorists. <laughs> it will do me good to know that my money is not being used to buy the roadside bombs that are killing our GIs. It will do me good to know that my money is not being awarded to the families of suicide bombers. It will do me good to know that my money is not ending in the hands of the Saudi, Saudi, <laughs> the Saudi royal family who preside over the most repressive government in the world. Some things are more important than money. I am certainly willing to spend a few dollars more every month for the sake of human rights in this world and to protect our troops. If you really want E85, that's ethanol, that's 85% ethanol, fuel, that's 85% ethanol to take off, you must impress upon potential users that E85 can literally help bring our troops home. Tell them E85 is the humanitarian thing to do. Tell them... It's the patriotic thing to do. Tell them that Mideast oil sheiks are using our money to kill our GIs, well, directly or indirectly. Tell them that E85 can generally support human rights, liberty, and justice in this world by shutting off funding to Mideast tyrants. Tell them that E85 will help struggling Mideast, Mideast, Midwest, <laughs> Midwest farmers. Yes. <laughs> I would like to see E85 succeed because I believe it can change many things in this world for the better. And that's a letter from an ethanolic. <laughs> letter from an ethanolic. Someone who drives under the influence of ethanol. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, biofuels of all sorts can have, you know, good benefits for society and the planet. I think one thing people may not have realized when Bush gave his little speech, oh, we're going to use biofuels, that his ideas may have been inspired more by the uh, the recent War of the Worlds movie, where they have these giant hydraulic machines that go and scoop up people and eat them and turn them into biofuel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's his vision of biofuel. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so let's see. You got one? Yes. Uh, I got one. We can... Actually, I just saw a... I like this one because I just saw a movie about dogs, and dogs are really cool. So... And so is recycling. (laughs) So this story will fit us well. It's Old Dog Poop, New Tricks. San Francisco looks to harness the power of pet poop. 
the power of pet poop. Watch the word, though. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that word coming up. I'm going to replace it with another little word here. Well, you can just spell it out, right? Uh, we'll call it poop. <laughs> <laughs> renewable energy is the poop. No, really. San Francisco. Yo, renewable yep. energy is the... Renewable energy is the poop. <laughs> it's the bomb. The little brown bomb. <laughs> no, really. San Francisco Bay Area cities are aiming to generate no trash by 2020, and nearly 4% of San Francisco's re- residential waste is animal excrement. What to do with the doo-doo? <laughs> you can turn it, yes, you can turn it into methane and heat your home or cook your meals with it. In the next few months, a San Francisco sanitation company will be collecting feces at a busy dog park. No doubt the employees are jostling for the assignment and sending it to a digested, to be digested by hungry bacteria. The result? Methane could theoretically be used in any natural gas system. Some officials hope to see methane digesters in individual homes within a few years. While it's a relatively newfangled notion in the U.S., some European countries already process poo-poo into energy. Straight to the source, San Francisco Chronicle, 21st of February, 2006. So, when people say that the world is full of poo-poo, well, you know, maybe we can run the world on that then. Yeah. Well, I wanted to continue on with uh, the ethanol spiel. Yes. Ford develops the world's first ethanol-fueled hybrid, marrying the two gasoline-saving technologies. Ah, da-da-da-da! It's a marriage made in gas-saving heaven. Actually, the best one would be your feet. I mean, but, okay. Ford Motor Company is a leader in ethanol-powered vehicles. Actually, that's pretty funny because right now there's an ad. Um, It's like... GM has an ad. It's like go green, go yellow, or something like that, huh. where they're promoting that all their their cars. They're like, we're the only manufacturer of cars that have flex fuel options. Huh. And I mean, every major car manufacturer has had flex fuel options. So. Yeah, so a little bit of spin going on there. Yep. <laughs> so basically, they came out with the Ford Hybrid Escape. E85. So it can do 85% ethanol, which is very cool because um, ethanol is essentially alcohol. So if you build a still in your backyard, Uh you could make alcohol. And I personally think that's why they had prohibition. People used to make their own fuel for their vehicles. Yeah, if you look into the history, one of the backers of prohibition was a big oil person, a Rockefeller. So, let's see. Yes, yes, and actually, oh, I don't remember the website, but there was someone who came here, I believe, two years ago for Earth Day, uh, David Bloom, the permaculturalist, who's coming out with his book, Alcohol Can Be a Gas, all about how to use alcohol as a fuel. So we may get you more news on that later, because ethanolic, ethanolics are all around us now. <laughs> I have to read this one, Addicted to Hot Air. Might as well face it, you're addicted to hot air. <laughs> Bush t- hits the road to tout alternative energy technologies. 
Um, I'm going to editorialize some of this because <laughs> he has made me really pissed in this uh, last week. Just well, this first time. <laughs> Actually, I've been okay with him. Yeah. For the past, you know, six years? Sure. With the American people restless over high home energy heating and gasoline prices, President Bush has embarked on a PR tour of electorally important states to promote alternative energy technologies. He touted his plan to increase funding for energy research to vi- to, during visits to solar panel manufacturer United Solar and Johnson Controls, which is researching advanced lithium-ion batteries for hybrid cars. Critics, of course, point out that Bush br- that Bush's proposed funding is less than half what was promised in last year's energy bill. He reiterated that America is addicted to oil. Huh. That's step one in the 12-step Yes. American Addicts Anonymous. Step one. So step one, and said, we have got to do something about it now. Step two. Step two. <laughs> wow. Wow, he's ready to step two. Critics point out that measures that might have more immediate impact, like a gas tax or increase CAF standards, you know, that's increased miles per gallon standards for cars, are, of course, not under discussion. <laughs> Bush praised workers at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Golden, Colorado, where about three dozen researchers were hastily rehired over the weekend (laughs) in time for Bush's visit after being laid off recently because of budget cuts. So they cut the budget to the Renewable Energy... Uh, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory by $28 million. Uh-huh. Then over the weekend, they gave them $5 million back so they could hire these uh-huh. workers back. Yeah. Now, they still have a $23 million budget shortfall. Yes. <laughs> but by hiring the workers back, he goes and speaks to the press. And when they ask him, they can't ask him about how come all these workers were fired. Because yeah. there weren't. There weren't. Yeah, they're back now. That makes the kind of sense that doesn't. So, no critics. Straight to the source, the New York Times, the Coloradan, the Kansas City Star, Knight Rider News, and the Associated Press, all the 21st of February, 2006. (laughs) Yes, and do we have time for one more here? Read the headline, I guess. Headline, at least. Ice knowing you. Environmentalists seek endangered status for Glacier National Park. So the Montana's Glacier National Park has lost over half of its icy cover, and eco-activists have petitioned the United Nations to declare it endangered by global warming. So that's big news, similar to the polar bear thing we discussed next week, of discovering the details of what's actually being harmed by global climate change and trying to do something. And I have another headline. Rhode Island jury finds paint companies liable for billions of dollars in lead cleanup. Ah. A six-person jury in Rhode Island made history yesterday when it found Churon Williams, Millennium Holdings, and NL Industries liable for lead paint contamination in hundreds of thousands of homes and on the hook for potentially billions of dollars in cleanup. Huh. And that's just in Rhode Island. So if this actually goes through, that means paint companies are going to be liable for all that lead paint that they've been putting out there all this time. Yeah, it sets a precedent. So, I guess we will be back next week. Yes. Same bat time, same bat channel. And look forward to, um, we will be playing some of the vagina monologues next week. Which one? I've traveled around the country and I'll tell you what I've seen. A million yellow ribbons and I've wondered what they mean It's love and hope and sympathy for those who've gone to fight 
Still I know that none of these can make the killing right When we see two children fighting, don't we try to come between We get them both to talk instead of acting rough and mean We give them love and limits, say now try to get along Then we tell them it's alright to kill, to prove that killing's wrong Sometimes that yellow ribbon tries to make me feel ashamed It tells me I'm a traitor, that somehow it's me to blame But I can't hide behind it just to prove that I belong And I won't be an accomplice to things I know are wrong But I'd wear a yellow ribbon for the peace that's in my heart I'd wear it for the loved ones who should never have to part I'd wear it for the wasted lives, no matter friend or foe And I'd wear it for the children, if they never had to go Yes, I've seen the yellow ribbons hanging up all over town But I don't think they'll ever buy the peace we've never found The guns will all be silent and the battle flags all furled When we tie a yellow ribbon round the world The guns will all be silent and the battle flags all furled when we tie a yellow ribbon round the world.